Hey y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 448, I'm welcoming to the show, Jen Schultz. It's not really me versus her. It's really me versus me. I'm getting in my own way when it comes to these relationships because I don't have a clue who I am. I have uh, so many insecurities, which are not a bad thing. I was asking like really important questions, like do I belong, am I important, Uh, am I loved, am I valuable? You know, these questions that we're all kind of asking, but I was looking to other people to get the answers to those questions instead of going back to God, uh, going back to the one who is qualified to answer those questions for me. How do you measure yourself? How do you decide if you are succeeding, or failing in parenting, marriage, friendship, life. One ruler we often reach for is comparison. And sometimes comparing can be helpful. It can help us evaluate our processes or our methods, but often, like we've heard the quote, comparison is the thief of all joy, things go wrong. We think things like, why am I not like her? Why am I less than? Why is this hard for me? And it's easy for her. And what I've noticed is not only does it make us feel sick and lose joy, it can also isolate. And I've found that in trying to cultivate community, what happens is women either pull away and withdraw or they put up these perfect looking walls that really don't allow for the intimacy they long for and that feeling of true belonging. So I thought this week we could have a conversation with my guest, Jen Schultz. She's the author of the book, She's Not Your Enemy, and she's going to point out the root of the problem and how it isn't that we're different that's the problem. It's that we don't remember who we are and we aren't finding our confidence and our security and the knowledge of who God made us to be. And so when we lean into that, when we get to the real core issue and the solution being turning to our maker, we then are free to celebrate the women around us and build God's kingdom together, which is my hope and goal. And I know I might have had this conversation many, many times, but we're just going to bring it to the top of mind again. So let's get right to it. Here we go. Jen, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me. Well, when I saw uh, the topic of your newest book come across my path, I was like, yes, we need to have this conversation because I'm seeing it more and more. And my whole goal is that moms don't mom alone. And so if we're not going to mom alone, if we are going to be in community, we have to tackle the topic of why are we, why are we isolating And what is inhibiting us from that connection that we all really long for? We long for true belonging, true connection. And we find like so many of us aren't experiencing that. So welcome to the show. We'll have that conversation before we get to it. Can you introduce everyone real quick to your family? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I um, am a wife and a mom to three. I have two kids in elementary school, and I just had a baby actually the same year that my book came out, oh. <laughs> which or the at the same year that I wrote the book. Okay, which was okay. God's timing, like <laughs> sure, let's do this, like both at the same time. But it was um, it was really cool. It really worked out the way that it it was supposed to be, and she's such a joy. She rounds out our family so much. Um, we live in the Pacific Northwest, but we're all 
East Coasters, except the baby now. <laughs> so we're still, uh, yeah, kind of getting used to, to being Pacific Northwesterners okay. and West Coasters and all that. <laughs> okay. And your new book is called She's Not Your Enemy. Yes, that's right. And I, I don't know, maybe we can get into our little backstories, but how do you relate to that? Because sometimes I think we write from places of our own struggle and need. Um, so yeah, have you struggled with feeling like you were in competition with other women and that she was winning and you were losing? How has that played out in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's kind of, it, it's nerve wracking to be the one that says, yep, I struggle with comparison. That's yeah. me. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of times we think that comparison is just jealousy, right? Like it's just, oh, she has what I want, which I think can be part of it. Um, but I think a lot of it for me was actually gauging how I was doing based on how somebody else was doing. Mm. So I would look at someone else and be like, oh, she's got, you know, the perfect family and her kids are always so well behaved and her house is gorgeous. And she's got everything that, that I want and wish I could be. She's also talented. She's got the career. She's got all these things. You know, there's something wrong with me that I don't have that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something wrong with me that I'm not as talented or that I can't do the things that she's doing. And uh, it was just kind of this toxic downward spiral or even the other way. You know, sometimes I would look at someone else and think, wow, at least I'm doing okay. (laughs) She's she's got a lot going on over there. Um, And it wasn't healthy either way. It was both, I would say, more of an identity issue than it really was, you know, a me versus her situation. So that's what I kind of leaned into when I was starting to write this book was, you know, it's not really me versus her. It's Mm. really me versus me. I'm getting in my own way when it comes to these relationships, because I don't have a clue who I am. I have uh, so many insecurities, which are not a bad thing. I was asking like really important questions like, do I belong? Am I important? Uh, Am I loved? Am I valuable? You know, these questions that we're all kind of asking, but I was looking to other people to get the answers to those questions instead of going back to God, uh, going back to the one who is qualified to answer those questions for me. And so that's kind of what this whole book is about. You know, who, who are we really? Who does God say we are? Um, who is God to us? And then where do we go from there? Because it's not really me versus her. There is an enemy, but it's not really the other person. It's not the person that, you know, has what you want or is doing what you want to do or is fighting with you or uh, even the woman in the mirror. So that's really what the book is about. And I think the way you kind of peeled that back, like we could see, you know, outside the church, if we're just talking about humanity is comparing. And if you're like, well, what is the root behind the root behind the root behind, like get it all the way back. And it's like, am I loved? Who am I? And if the solution is a biblical solution, then we have something to offer the world. Right. Because we can all relate to like feeling less than in particular in this mom journey where we, none of us know what we're doing when we start off and we're like constantly comparing, you know, think of like the play group (laughs) when they're all like, Mm -hmm. ours were all just on blankets on the floor. And how long did your sleep and how much are they drinking and are they spitting up all the time? And you're just trying to measure. And then it's all the developmental norms. When did they start crawling? And are, you know, is mine, is this normal? All the questions, is this normal? That was our last episode. Um, Is this normal related to women's health? But I think we're constantly doing it. Am I enough? Is this normal? Is my kid normal? 
Am I less than because my kid's struggling with this? And am I doing it wrong? Mm-hmm. Is it my fault? You know, oh, all of that. Absolutely. All of that. And instead of going to the solution that you mentioned of identity and value in God's eyes, we turn to the people that we can see mm-hmm. and yeah, do the comparison. She, she must have it on straight. <laughs> she must know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Really, none of us do. We're all kind of, we, we can all put up a front. I think we're all, we're, we've all been in that place where we kind of put up this front, like, oh, I've got it. We're good. I'm fine. But really, we're asking those questions and not finding the answers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I find that especially in motherhood for sure. And did you find, like we'd mentioned, that inhibiting your connection? Do you have examples of relationships that struggled because you were doing that? Oh, gosh, I feel like so many. Um, I don't think anybody's actually asked me that, but yeah, it's, it's happened so many times. I feel like each woman in the book reminded me of women in real life who I had just, you know, I'd looked at and said, well, she must have it all together. She must really know what it's, you know, what, what's going on. She must really have this parenting thing down. Um, and like you said, it starts so young, it starts, you know, in the playgroups, it starts, you know, before they even go to school, before they, they even start comparing, <laughs> we've got our, our own issues going on there. So yeah, I've definitely, um, feel like I've experienced it in all walks of life and it's been only recently that I feel like I've had the tools to be able to combat it and, um, just kind of deal with the toxic thinking. Cause it's actually really interesting. Comparison is not always a bad thing. Hmm. Um, there's, there are healthy aspects to it. Like comparison. Um, there were some studies done in the 1960s on social comparison and how we actually use it to find where we belong, like who our people are, what we have to offer, uh, what other people have to kind of fill in the gaps for us. And even it's something that we can use to motivate us rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, be threatened by, we can say, oh, I really like how she's doing that. Like, maybe I can learn from her or maybe I can try that out for myself. Um, But it becomes toxic because it's when it's really about our worth. It becomes toxic when it's really like, oh, I see what she's doing and it's better than me and I'm not as good. And it's, you know, kind of goes downward from there. So that was a really big perspective shift for me as I started studying that out. I was like, oh, it's it's not always this like bad, shameful, like just stop doing it, just stop comparing thing. It's it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. There's actually things that are helpful about it. If I can um, if I can keep my my head where it's supposed to be and use it to gauge helpful things instead of to gauge my whole self-worth and, and putting that in the balance instead. Yeah. No, I think that's good to narrow in on before you act, before you say something, before it it does cause you to speak badly about someone else to someone else or even, you know, to the person is to be aware. Oh, there it is. I'm comparing because I'm, I'm feeling fear or I'm feeling pain maybe even. I think you could feel pain. And okay, instead of actually feeling the pain, I'm going to lash out and tell them what they're doing wrong. Or I think noticing our thoughts is super helpful. Yeah, definitely being able to identify what's coming from the spirit. 
um, which is a big thing that I dove into in the book was just who, who is God really? God is compassion. He is love. He is graciousness. I don't know if that's a word. He's grace. (laughs) He's peace. He's kindness. Like that's who God is. And I I feel like sometimes when we have this perspective of God, that he's measuring us and he's weighing Mm. us out and he's blessed her because she's great and I'm not. Uh, He shows favoritism. You know, like we we Mm. think these kind of toxic things about God, too. And that's not who he is. That's not who the Bible says he is. Um, So if we believe those things to be true about God, then we're going to always feel kind of condemned and ashamed and worried about how well we're doing compared to other people, uh, because we think God's kind of running this rat race for us. And um, yeah, I just found that to to be another thing where I I had to have this perspective shift of, oh, it's God's, that's not who God is. I think I, a lot of times I thought, oh, God's kind of this disappointed boss. And he's always, you know, disappointed with how I'm raising my kids. And he's disappointed with how I'm living my life. And that wasn't accurate at all. So to go back to the scriptures, to go back to like Psalm 103, um, to see who God is and what he says about me, uh, Romans 8, Ephesians 1, so many amazing promises from God that uh, just changed the way I looked at him and changed the way I looked at myself. That's great. Okay. So last week I got like flu-like symptoms for just a day and it was very clear how needed I am in the family and how crucial uh, my presence is. And it was another good reminder And this is not a fun topic, but I just feel like with all of the things on our to-do list, this often gets pushed to the very, very, very bottom, is taking care of our family's financial security. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it so simple to get the protection that's right for your family. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. They have policies that fit your family, your budget from a million dollars of coverage for less than a dollar a day. It's all online. There are no appointments, no piles of paperwork. You just apply when it's convenient for you. You go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. There's no risk. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee if you can cancel at any time. Like I said, Fabric has partnered with Gerber Life, which has been trusted by millions of families for over 50 years. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash DMA. That's meetfabric.com slash DMA. Meet is spelled M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash DMA. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Sometimes it's not this navel-gazing situation where it's like we overly analyze ourselves. It is a leaning into the truth so that we lighten up on ourselves. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> it's so true. Like, is that the definition of success in God's mind? Mm. Is the definition of success that my kids are perfectly behaved? Where is that in scripture? Right. Is Absolutely. the definition of success that my kids X, Y, and Z, as you get older kids and their accomplishments start to become your badges of honor and goodness? It's like, man, 
And like, even now, I mean, I do know what matters to God and I can sometimes feel like I'm failing in the parenting of the things that I do know that matter to God and I can feel shame and I'm, and I have to release even that to say he loves them more and he's pursuing them even in their darkest hours. Mm -hmm. And so it's like constantly going back to who God is, how he works, and it is so messy and it is not perfect. I think is is really really helpful and like you said the holy spirit talk to us more about how you invite the holy spirit into your dailiness so that you can overcome the trap of the smallness of living in comparison yeah oh that's such a good term for it because i feel like that's that's where my insecurity leads me is to make myself small to make myself quiet and uh you know very introspective like you said very navel gazing and uh overly concerned with how i'm doing um the spirit is something that i didn't study out as much growing up like it just wasn't as as big of a focus in my church community um we focused more on scriptures which was great and helpful but for me, I, I really have only recently started to lean into the spirit more and to learn what that means. And um, I think that's where, you know, it's funny. I, f- I feel like a lot of people have asked me, well, what's the hack to stop comparison? I'm like, well, there isn't really a hack. Like you, it's, it's all about leaning into the Holy Spirit. It's about, you know, shifting from these are things that are important to the world. These are things that, you know, I need to get ahead in to this, this perspective of what's important to God. Like you said, you know, what's, what is most meaningful and most important in my life? What is going to last beyond my life here on earth? And the, the ways that I've been doing that just have been, um, you know, Bible reading, obviously making that a consistent habit, which as a mom is really hard to do. Yeah, when do you do that? Just throw a tip in here because I ask people that frequently and it's varied, you know, so when is your... I have to follow Bible studies. I, that's what's helpful for me in this season is just having like, this is what you're supposed to read today. Okay. (laughs) And that's just have it right in front of me. So I'm following actually a chronological uh, Bible study this year. I tried it last year. I didn't make it all the way through. So this is the year that I'm doing it. And you just kind of do it on your own. It's not a Bible study where like there are discussion questions you're just saying well there's actually okay. a group that I'm a part of on Facebook which is is really cool but I haven't really been engaging in that much I just have you know this is this is what I'm supposed there's to there's a read little accountability today. yeah mm-hmm. there's a little bit there so that is helpful that's true to, yeah. to bring people with you yeah um but yeah like having having the plan having sticking to that you know if it looks like I do it first thing in the morning and it's this glorious time <laughs> you know where I have my coffee and the sun <laughs> is shining great but mostly it doesn't happen like that. It's sometimes it's before bed and I'm like, Oh, I didn't read today. Let me make sure. But getting it in there consistently is what's helpful. And, and knowing, I think the scriptures that are most helpful for you when you're kind of stuck in those toxic thinking, like, like I said, uh, Psalm 103, Ephesians one is such a good identity check for me because it goes through, you are chosen, you are adopted, you've been forgiven, you know, holding on to those core scriptures for when you are in those moments and you're wrestling and you're trying to determine like what's God and what's, you know, what's this other voice that's telling me to believe that I'm less than and I'm not, you know, good enough. And I I don't compare to her. So having those core scriptures that you go back to, you know, whatever you have to do to remember those. If you, I used to to write them on post-it notes and put them around my kitchen. Uh, I know people who write them on post-it notes and put them on the bathroom mirror. You can have a journal but just having those kind of core scriptures that you go back to in addition to whatever time with the word uh, in the word that you're spending that day. And then just lots of prayer. I've been um, kind of exploring what it looks like to be in constant communication with God instead of, you know, 
this prayer before my meal and this prayer before I get up for the day, but just kind of, God, I'm feeling this right now. You know, just this ongoing conversation with him has been, um, it's led to just this different feeling with him. It's been really encouraging to just not feel like, oh, I have to stop my day and have this organized prayer time, but just to be like, God, I'm just feeling it. Can we talk about it? <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I'm comparing myself to her again. Can you help me get the right frame of mind? And I feel like that's where the spirit does, does its work or his work. Um, however you, you, uh, pronoun the spirit, but yeah. It's been, it's been really just uh, really such a cool journey for me to kind of pay more attention and keep my eyes open for how the spirit is working in my life. It's been so encouraging. That's awesome. Well, and I think that we were mentioning, like, we struggle with this. We have. And then our kids developmentally hit the stage where they, your home is their whole world. And then they become aware of, <laughs> oh, there's more <laughs> people live in different homes than us. And like I told you, they said, well, where's our lake house? Like right. <laughs> you hiding it from us or, Oh, that mom, she has these special snacks and she lets her kids have snacks whenever. And like you Anytime. start. Yeah. And it's one thing when you're already, and then you're getting the feedback from your kids right. on like, they're noticing your failings. It's like, Oh man, it's a lot. And, and really leaning into those messages becomes even more important as the internal voices become external voices all around you, giving you feedback. I'll just say, as you're about to enter that stage, that's my mentoring of the day. Um, yes, I'll take it. Is that it's great, yeah, that you are walking through this and working through it because it just keeps getting refined in you. Um, or else, yeah. I do think I see a lot of moms of teens and middle schoolers pull away from community because it's too hard like to have to carry it's their story and you can't really share and it hurts too badly if your child's struggling and their child's thriving and so you know the comfort of the holy spirit throughout our motherhood is so important and allows us then to be okay, to be in relationship with the mom whose child is thriving because we know who we are. We know God's heart for us and we can cheer her on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, we can be present for that child and, yeah. and not wish ill. <laughs> you know, sometimes you're like, right. it's, like right. it's not a threat to you. No, Absolutely. it's not a threat. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's something that um, I share in the book just about before I had kids, I went through a season of infertility. Mm. And I remember at that time, you know, getting all these baby shower invitations and the, you know, the new announcements, the creative ones where they're like, we're pregnant, you know, like those, they were everywhere and I just couldn't turn it off. And it was so, it was so painful. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's this, this cognitive dissonance of like, oh, I should just, I should just be so happy for this person mm. and not be concerned about myself. You know, I'm so yeah. selfish. I'm mm. so great. And then there's all of that, you know, the and, guilt and um, the shame, which shame then only makes yes. you isolate more. Cause like, I can't exactly. show up authentically in this. Exactly. So why yeah. show up at all? Absolutely. Exactly. Mm. And uh, it's it was such a time. Like I can look back on that time and say, "Wow, I grew so much closer to God because I had to. Like I just had nowhere else to turn." Mm. And it it was a time when I really had to work out my heartbreak one on one with Him. And that's something that I write about in the book, and I encourage people to do. You know, if you're going through something, which 
feel like we're all kind of waiting on something. Uh, we're, we're all kind of in this, this moment of things aren't perfect and I'm waiting to see what happens. And uh, sometimes we don't get answers on this side of heaven, but um, just, just knowing that we can go to God with that heartbreak, knowing that, that we can go to him, you know, not perfectly made up and without a smile on our face and just say, God, this is really how I'm feeling. This is really where I am. And just allowing him to comfort you in ways that only he can that really freed me up to be able to cheer on those other people who were, you know, um, had, had the good news that I wanted and didn't have yet. Um, and didn't know if I would ever have. Yeah. That I think whenever we're walking through a trial and everyone's living their lives, it can be this challenge of how do I show up, how to show up. So that's really an encouragement to return back to the source. And yeah, it's really good. Okay. In last week's episode, we talked about women's health and changes we're seeing in our body. And one change I've seen is my hair. It's just not the same. And so I was thrilled when Vegamore reached out with their amazing hair products. They are 100% cruelty-free, and never formulated with potential harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. And when it comes to results, key is consistency. And so I have made it part of my routine. One, in the shower, I use their uh, detoxing serum for my scalp. And then I've been using their revitalizing shampoo and conditioner. And then they have this great grow hair serum. Oh my goodness. It's super easy to use. After I get out of the shower, I put it on. And I mean, it's only been a couple weeks, they say a minimum of three months to really see a change, but I'm noticing baby hairs are growing around the front of my crown of my hair. Anyway, fun fact, Vegamore sells one bottle of their Grow Hair Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how good this stuff is. So elevate your hair wellness routine this year with Vegamore for a limited time. You can get 20% off your first subscription order by going to vegamore.com slash DMA. Use the code DMA at checkout. That's Vegamore, V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash DMA. Code DMA to save 20% on your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash DMA. Code DMA. So with the new year, I'm trying to do some decluttering, y'all. It feels like I'm always decluttering, but this time I was in my pantry and I was looking around realizing how many swaps I've made on products thanks to Thrive Market. Just a little cleaner options, options that um, have fewer chemicals or just are better for our bodies. And I just feel like not only is it helpful that it comes so quickly, usually within a couple days, if I place an order, the box is on my doorstep, which is a huge time saver. I also love their high quality brands with just great sourcing methods. Um, They restrict hundreds of ingredients with their clean cleaning categories. There's filters that if you in 2024 have goals uh, for your family, whether it's organic kids snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free pantry essentials, you just curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. And as a Thrive Market member, you save money 
on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time I place an order. You can even search. They have daily deals. They'll show me what I've ordered in the past and what deals there are on those products right now. It's super helpful. And when you join Thrive Market, you're helping a family in need with their one-to-one membership matching program. So when you join, they give. It's the ultimate don't mom alone move. So join in on the savings with Thrive Market today. Get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash DMA for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive Market, T-H-R-I-V-E, thrivemarket.com slash DMA, thrivemarket.com slash DMA. So what other tips do you have for us or guidance when it comes to overcoming? I know you have different women you mention in your book, but is there one specifically that you find readers are resonating the most with or? You know, I feel like it's probably uh, the woman who has it all together. Uh, It's, you know, the woman that I, I just... I don't even, why even try? I think like kind of similar to what you're you're saying, we we isolate because we think, why even try? She already has it all together. She already has everything that I want. You know, why why even try to have a connection, have a relationship with this person? And I think we lose so much in that because we're really not meant to do it all and be it all on our own. We're not meant to um, have it all together and look good doing it. Like it's just not who we're meant to be. We're not wired that way. Um, I think about, you know, first Corinthians 12, where it talks about, we're all parts of the body. We all have our own gifts um, given by the Holy spirit and we fill in gaps for each other. That's what we're meant to do. We're not meant to, uh, you know, like I'll be an Island over here and you all work it out together over there. (laughs) It's like, no, like we're, we're intended to have our own gifts so we can serve other people. And then other people have gifts that fill in the gaps for us. Another scripture I can think of is, uh, I can't remember where it is off the top of my head, but you know, our comfort overflows so we can comfort other people it's similar. We're just, we're, we're meant to, to be in community. And so I just think it's, it's so important to know that nobody has it all together, that we all have needs and to encourage you, you know, maybe you need to be the first, you know, maybe you need to be the first to say, I struggle with this, or I, I don't feel like I have this, or can you help me with that? pray with me, you know, hold me accountable to reading my Bible. If I can't, you know, if I'm having trouble doing it every day, have those people that are close to you and maybe even people that aren't close to you that you're vulnerable with, you know, do it, do it in safe spaces, you know, have discernment, but, um, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll be surprised how much vulnerability opens doors for you in relationships with other people. So that I would, I would encourage you to, to be vulnerable. You never know what connections you're going to make, especially with the woman who looks like she has it all together. I think also just creating this kind of culture around you of building people up, you know, noticing things in people and saying them. Sometimes we get kind of weird about like, oh, I can't say that. That's that's too weird to say, oh, you look so beautiful today or you're, you know, I really love what you're doing or like, oh, that's weird. We can't say those things. It's like, no, like we we should be we should be in the habit of just that's amazing. I'm so happy for you. I'm cheering you on. I support you. What can I do? Because that will honestly creates such a different culture. There's been this whole uh, women's empowerment movement on, uh, I think, threads it was. And I love that. Like, I I just love that uh, when, when we're 
we're just outwardly like outspoken about our encouragement and support of each other. And I think that that should be our culture to notice the gifts in other people and to speak them. That's the Holy Spirit prompting us as well. No, that's it's like the Barbie movie, which I know it's not yes. a Christian movie, yada, yada, yada. I keep bringing up the Barbie movie in my interviews. Absolutely. Yes. But when she like <laughs> so even much. looks at the, the woman who's older than her and says, you're so mm. beautiful. And she goes, mm. I know. I know. Like, yes. Right? Own, and I was thinking when you talked about the woman who, what did you say? Um, has it all together? Mm-hmm. Even the Barbie who's the stereotypical Barbie. Mm. who looks like she has it all together mm. is vulnerable enough to, you know, even break down in front of some middle school girls, you know, cause she's so used to everyone just loves her. Mm-hmm. I bet the woman you think who has it all together, if you really asked her to coffee or got into a real, real conversation and, and maybe she's, I've got my quotes up here, got it all together so much that she won't even let you in, but just trying like, yeah. trying give to reach the opportunity, give her the yeah. opportunity because mm-hmm. I bet you'll be surprised what she shares and what's really behind all of that needing it to look like she's all together. Like sometimes, like just having compassion for that woman, um, I think would be a good start so that we don't even isolate her because sometimes that all together is a cry for help. The people I've seen on Instagram or Facebook that I know that it looks all together are some of the ones I know who are walking through the hardest pits of their life. And they have told me the reason they post on those social medias is to help them feel better. Yeah. Because they can control that. Control. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They can control that image and they can't control all of the other things that are a mess. So I don't know, just to have compassion for her and to, open your eyes to see. And and I'm with you, like that. the heart behind my Right Where You Belong book was if we as women could just really identify where God has us and who he made us to be, then we could be set free to cheerlead everybody else because we're not striving and working to tear her down to feel better. And so, yeah. Well, I'm grateful to be doing this with you because this is important work and it doesn't get talked about enough. So, Well, and when I see like you're talking about it too, I'm, I'm not intimidated. Like, oh, she's saying similar things to me. I'm more like the Holy Spirit has something to say. Right. <laughs> this is a need. And Let's he's chosen Jen over in the Pacific Northwest and he's chosen me and Dallas and we are going to be voices for God to this generation to stop it. <laughs> Yeah, let's stop those patterns and start something new. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, it's, it really comes down to am I building God's kingdom or am I building my kingdom? Because mm-hmm. if I'm building my kingdom, yeah, you're a threat. Like, oh, you've got, oh gosh, I'm, you know, you've got part of my audience, you know, like all of that. And it, it becomes this you versus me. And that's, uh, but that's not what it's about at the end of the day. That's not what's going to last past this life. It's it's really about building God's kingdom and we can do that together. So if you win, I win and let's cheer each other on instead of getting in fights <laughs> or being opposed to each other. And if your kid wins, the kingdom wins. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you found as you were writing your book? Sometimes, you know, you even learn things as you're writing that you would want to share with audience about all of this. 
You know, um, this is kind of off topic, but okay. the hardest chapter for me to write was on boundaries. Okay. Uh, there's, you know, that's the woman who asks too much of you and where, where do I set those limits? And there's a whole nother kind of companion chapter to that that's on compassion and kind of expanding your comfort zone. But I think the flip side is also true. We've got to have boundaries in place that are good for our hearts and our souls and our families. <laughs> and it's, it's hard for me to find that balance. I, I grew up thinking like, oh, I should always say yes to everyone. Jesus always said yes. I should always say yes to everyone. We didn't. And, uh, he didn't he say didn't. yes. Exactly. Yes. yes. <laughs> that was one of the biggest things. It was a hard chapter for me to write. I really had to, to pray for God to come alongside me in that. But that was something that he you know, kept putting on my heart was Jesus. He, he disappointed people sometimes, you know, he didn't heal everybody. He didn't feed the people again when they asked to be fed because he knew what was important and he knew what his mission was. And so there were things he had to say no to. And uh, I think that was, that was really huge for me to be able to think of, okay, what is important? My family is a ministry to me and I need to, I need to set limits in place and, um, it's funny where we were just talking about kids and how my my child is very much, you know, oh, all the kids at school get to watch this R-rated movie. And I'm like, what? And, and there's so much disappointment there that, you know, oh, I don't get to watch what everybody else gets to watch. And I'm like, well, you know what? This is what's important to our family is that you're not exposed to too much too soon and setting those boundaries and not, not giving in on those. Um, things like that are... I'm learning how to set those boundaries and to disappoint people because sometimes that's really loving them more in the long run. So, yeah. Yeah, I've had to have a hard conversation with a friend when honestly it was related to this not knowing identity and not knowing worth and trying to seek it in friendships. And I was always disappointing because the amount of my reaching out equaled love and belonging. And I was falling short of the expectation. And I just had to set a boundary of like, you know what? I'm going to fall short. And that's because you're looking for what only God can give you. And it is true. Like we're not loving them if we're being the fill-in for God. And we will mm -hmm. constantly feel that overwhelming pressure <laughs> to be God for them, whether it is a spouse or it is a kid. It's like there is only one God and and we are not God. And so yeah, it is loving when even to your kids, you're like, you can't talk to me that way. Or I have something, I need a nap. <laughs> I'm human. Mama needs a timeout. Mama needs a timeout. <laughs> yeah. No, all of that. Like, again, if we are, if we are secure, then we don't even need our kids approval mm. of those. That's a hard truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like are they, them approving our boundaries or them, they're going to be upset with you. I'm just so sorry. They're not, gonna, they're, they're real mad at me today that I was like, you need to wear pants to school. Oh, Did I know. They? No, they went wear in shorts, please. Mm, please. shorts, 10 <laughs> degrees. It's fine. It's fine. You sorry. know what? It's fine. Um, <laughs> but what? yeah, no, I think all of this really, truly, honestly, y'all, if you have not done the work that. Jen is mentioning is in her book of really knowing who God is, really knowing who you are in him. These are just things that grow out of that place of mm -hmm. misunderstanding and not knowing. They're just, you know, I call them like branches off of the root problem. So 
their red flags. Yeah, it's, our brains work very much like that. Like, you know, branches that kind of go into, mm-hmm. they can either be toxic or they can be, yes, they can be light. They can be beneficial. That's something I'm, I'm still learning about neuroplasticity and all of, all of those fun scientific facts. But I find that so fascinating that we can change our mindsets. We don't have to stay stuck in, in the same old patterns of thinking. So I want to encourage you, if you're listening, you don't have to stay stuck. And God doesn't want you there. He wants greater things for you. And some of this is not like I know, and I've prayed with women, that some of these thought patterns come from real hurt, real trauma real pain. Some of them come from instances where that thought started and to do the work with God, to figure out the cause, um, go listen to my, uh, what do we call it? Freedom prayer, inner healing prayer episode to be set free because until you're set free, you will continue to compare and you will continue to struggle with real connection with people because you can't overcome this root problem. And so God is loving and kind and he wants to go back and he wants to heal where that started and doing that work with a team of people. I have found like such fruit for women who have been to a thousand Bible studies on comparison and like their struggles, all the the branches and they're just, they need to get to this root. Well, Jen, thank you for being with me today. I hope y'all connect with her and her work and She's sharing things on Instagram about the Holy Spirit. So if you want to learn more about that and then just get her book, She's Not Your Enemy, check it out wherever books are sold, I'm guessing. And we'll put a link in the show notes. But thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. It was great to chat with you. All right. Have a good one. I definitely want you all to check out the show notes. And if you've never listened to that Inner Healing Prayer episode I've done with Jennifer Barnett, now is the time. I'm such a, I'm so passionate about that topic to get to the root of the why because feeling guilty for comparing is not the goal. The goal is connection and belonging and knowing who you are. So I'm going to read Ephesians 1 over y'all and pray that for us. Lord, thank you that you have blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as you chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before you in love, you destined us for adoption as your children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of your will, to the praise of your glorious grace that you freely bestowed on us in Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of your grace that you lavished on us with all wisdom and insight. You have made known to us the mystery of your will according to your good pleasure that you set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things, things in heaven, things on earth. In Christ, we've also obtained an inheritance having been destined according to the purpose of you who accomplish all things according to your counsel and will so that we who were the first to set our hope in Christ might live for the praise of your glory. When we heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, we believed in Jesus and we were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward the redemption of your people to the praise of your glory. 
Lord, I pray that these words would go to deep places, that they would heal any longing in our heart, the longing we have for eternal things, for ultimate belonging, for ultimate worth and value, that we would feel through the power of the Holy Spirit, we would feel your value statement over us, our worth in you. And the things of this world would grow dim, that they would lose the hold on our hearts and our minds and our time and our energy, and that we would redeem and restore and bring back the connectedness with other people, that we would drop this feeling of not enough, the lies of the enemy, and that we would be filled with your truth so that we could go out, we could connect with others, we could bring your light into dark places, and that we could find the true belonging we we need and long for. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, y'all, thanks for joining me. We're actually... Not going to have an episode next Monday, but we will be back with a sidetrack on the first Friday of the month. So see you back here. Make sure you are always subscribed to the show, uh, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you subscribe so that you always get updated when a new episode drops. All right. Have a great week. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.